0: That's a sort of freedom, like an intrinsic knowledge. Like you are part ocean, ocean is part you. You have salt water in your body. You are part of this.
1: Oceans, life underwater. A new podcast all about the oceans and the mind-blowing life within them.
0: Subscribe now to Oceans, life underwater on your favorite podcast app.
2: episode is sponsored by hinge the app designed to be deleted
1: laura can i ask you a question yeah, always please tell me why guys should date me and just so you know i'm gonna record your answer because i can use this on hinge because they've got this thing it's like a voice prompt where you can ask your friends for their take on why people should date you which i just think is great okay people should date you because oh you are just the
2: most beautiful soul you're like a rainbow in human form. You're just so pure and sweet and you find the good in everyone. Anyone would be so lucky to have you. I
1: promise you it wasn't for the ego trip. Okay. And it's just, it's so much easier as well when you're dating. It's so difficult to pull out like the nice things about you. It's like writing a job profile, isn't it? Getting the friends involved. It's great for a confidence boost, but then also to see what other people say about you.
2: Thanks again to Hinge for sponsoring this episode of Go Love Yourself and don't forget to download Hinge and give the voice prompts a try. This is a crowd podcast.
1: Welcome to Go Love Yourself. Laura, how are you? Weird when you call me Laura. I am I hot. <laughs> I am. My yeah,
2: thighs are an actual fucking furnace. Oh. I'm, I'm struggling, mate. I thought we were over it. I'm done. I used to love the summer. I used to love sun, baby. I actually can't bear it now.
1: Hate oh. it. And it's also been the summer that hasn't summered. This summer yeah. has if you're in the UK, this summer has sucked. And so, <laughs> but I don't know, at the time of recording this, August is trying to still August. It's hard to bet Anyway, it is quite boring talking about the weather. So No we <laughs> love
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me on your knees. I've been worried about you. How are you?
1: And I'm absolutely fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm just li- living. my <laughs> No, it's not. And do you know what's really interesting? I think um, we've kind of plotted my mini menti bees that I've had maybe in the last couple of days through the last few weeks of episodes. So, you know, about the single thing and the 35 coming up. And I talked a little bit about worrying about money. And let me tell you, that's very real. It's a weird one when sometimes when, you know, when you're having like low days, your brain's telling you things and it's not factual and, and you just sort of need to deal with it and move on. There, It's, there's a weird one of like having to deal with very real things of like worrying about money and, you know, fertility and all that kind of stuff. and worrying about it. So I'm just trying to deal with it and I don't really know how. So <laughs> I'm just looking after myself, doing the things that I do that I know make me feel better, try not to lean into the bad feelings, which is all I can really do. And funnily enough I had a therapist slide into the DMs uh, oh, really? recently um and bless and she was like Lauren you're rich. like this is probably the biggest compliment you can get right as a mid 30 year old. She was like you are very emotionally intelligent yeah, that you are you know are. like that you know to do this yeah. and you know to tell others to do this. And I was like thanks. You can call me pretty, you can call me smart, <laughs> but if you call me emotionally intelligent, <laughs> why? <What?
2: laughs> yeah, you definitely have a very high EQ. What does that eq oh it might it means mean emotional intelligence babe sorry does it yeah oh so i'm not intelligent, intelligent. <laughs> no i, like, I didn't say, say that and i didn't mean that i meant no. you are high also are very intelligent <laughs> not, i'm not giving you <laughs> one hand and taking away with the other <laughs> i
1: thought you just got iq wrong that's like no i'm sure okay? that's it
2: right i'm gonna quickly google it everyone yeah it means emotional intelligence emotional
1: quotient whatever that means I am emotionally quotient yes I am <laughs> yes I am it brings all the boys to the yard my emotional quotients
2: <laughs> you should put that on your tinder profile immediately my emotional
1: quotients brings all the boys to the yard and they're like wow you're so emotionally quotient <laughs> oh
2: bless you oh I'm sorry that mm-hmm. things are a bit shit I wish I had a magic wand to make them all better but I'm here for you and Thank you. you know that you have the love and support of all of us and I just really yeah you'll get through this
1: Thanks, babes. I love you. And I love you all. And everyone who's messaged me to check up on me as well. I love you all. Thank you so much. You're all so great.
2: Yeah, you guys really are so great. Also, we have got some massive news to share with you because we're going to be doing
1: some more live shows. I'm so excited. Finally, finally, finally. You all know how much we just loved doing our live show with you all in March. And so we have been thinking for a little while about how we take Go Love Yourself to the next level and also bring back some of that energy that we had at the live show. And we have decided that we want to do some live episode recordings with an audience. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so excited. We
2: are absolutely <laughs> buzzing for this. So the only way to hear these episodes is going to be by coming along to the recording or by being a Patreon or Apple subscriber. So these will be extra episodes on top of our usual weekly ones so nothing will change for you guys if you aren't subscribed but it'll be a nice little bonus for you who have
1: we just so can't wait so the recordings that we can tell you about at the minute we have got three and they are happening at the end of this year in london and they are going to be on monday the 30th of october tuesday the 21st of november and wednesday the 20th of december
2: like we said before we really do want to do more live shows outside of london but we'll only be able to do that if we can show that these first ones in london go really really well so no pressure Uh, (laughs) but but do also let us know where you would like us to be after we've done the london ones because we'd absolutely love to come and visit you
1: i know we want to go everywhere don't we so jake please let us know and we're hoping to do lots more in 2024 but like Laura said it depends on if these ones this year go well so if these live recordings are something that you want to see more of or you're able to come along to the first few please do and also I think this might even be a great time to introduce a new person to go love yourself and bring them along too yeah that sounds like fun definitely so the first one is on October the 30th as
2: Lauren said so of course this is going to be a go love yourself Halloween party oh my god I just want to wear Ursula or Barbie I can't make my mind up anyway (laughs) so bring a friend if you can and matching costumes i think that'll be so much fun oh
1: my god we need to talk about our costumes laura because i'm uh, we need to go we need to go big <laughs> yeah no uh, we
2: need to get planning asap <laughs> do let us know uh, what else you'd love to see at the show um and if you guys are planning any group costumes through the facebook group community as well because i think that would be very very cool
1: I love that so much. I can't wait to see. Anyway, right? Okay. Honestly, guys, we are so so excited. You can hear the excitement in our voices. We can't wait to meet you all. Can't wait to start recording episodes with you in the room. So on the night, you will get to watch us record two live episodes and meet all the other fabulous Go Love Yourself listeners who will be there. It's kind of like the Go Love Yourself night of your dreams. And we are also going back to Bush Hall in London. So this is where we did our live show in March because we know that the seating there and everything worked really well. at our live Live show And what we will do again, as we did last time, is we will put some information about what the venue is and what the seating looks like beforehand on social media too. So the important bit, tickets.
2: Tickets are going to cost £17.50 and they are going on sale this week. Patreon and Apple subscribers will be able to access a pre-sale from tomorrow, and there'll be more information about how to access those on your subscriber feed. And then for everyone else, General Sales will go live this Friday. The ticket link will be in this episode description, and of course, it'll be all over our socials. So make sure you keep an eye on our Instagram at go Pod.
1: We just absolutely cannot wait. We cannot wait to see you all there. But for now, I need to calm down because we need to get on with today's guests. <laughs> So today's
2: guest is an absolute inspiration and we are so excited to chat to her. Over the last few years, she's been reclaiming her baldness caused by alopecia and is documenting that journey on her Instagram. You might already follow her. She's at relight Alopecia. So a huge welcome,
0: Laura. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I am good. Thank you very much for having me. I've been so looking forward to this. Oh,
2: likewise, likewise. And I also want to have to shout out to Laura because we did attempt to record this episode last week (laughs) and we spent nearly an hour and a half trying to Get tech
0: sorted so thank you for coming back and for bearing with I'm, us i'm i'm not a diva and <laughs> your podcast is epic so of course i was gonna come back oh.
1: oh this is so we've looked forward to this one forever and i know that you guys chat quite a bit and i am laura i'm already obsessed with you and we've got the whole thing guys we know we've got a laura <laughs> lauren, to a lauren today we're gonna work our way through it we are so excited and i am excited because i get to ask the first question which of course is our, our question that we ask all of our guests and that is laura what are you going to be putting in the bag of dicks
0: this week? My God, I'm so done with people just brazenly just staring at me when I'm out and about bald. That is something that I, uh, I would mm. like to put in the bag of dicks, please.
2: <laughs> that must be so hard and so like draining mm. to have that constantly. I can't imagine how that must feel.
0: Well, I mean, and I, and I realise a lot of the time it definitely depends on my mood and like how I'm feeling. But then other times I'm like, no, I am not imagining Mm. this. Although, So yesterday I was walking to the station and I live in like the smallest town in England and I was on my way to get to London where it's a completely different vibe. In my mind, for some reason yesterday, I just wasn't feeling great about lots of things. And I felt like there were people driving by, literally crashing cars behind me as they stopped to like look at me. And obviously they weren't, but that is how (laughs) intense my like... Mm. And I thought, God, even though it's been three years since I've like come out about my alopecia, this is still a journey and there's still going to be days like this. Where I feel preoccupied with just looking how I do. Yeah, that's something I mean that's completely understandable. I, let's start
2: right at the beginning. For anyone that doesn't know, what is alopecia? Have you always had it? Can you tell us a little bit about your, your journey? I hate that word, but journey.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and it is a journey. No, I uh I was born a hairy baby like most of us. <laughs> um, and I was I was about 13 when I first got a little 50-p size board patch at the back of my head, which is actually the hairdresser pointed out. And so I went to the doctor and they were like, oh, is anything stressful going on? And I was like, well, my parents are going through a pretty shitty divorce. I'm not gonna lie, but my mum was obviously sitting right there next to me, so it was a bit awkward. Um, and anyway, he was like, yeah, well, you know, you've got eczema, you've got asthma; they're both autoimmune conditions. So it's very likely you've got this thing called alopecia, which is also autoimmune, where basically, because you're stressed, your body's gone into overdrive, and it's probably causing your hair to fall out. So just try and calm down, Laura, and I'm sure your hair will grow back. And sent me on my way, cured. Thank you. Yeah, not not in any way implying which it did to me. All I heard was, You are responsible for this, and you were in control of your hair right. coming back. And actually, that couldn't be mm. further from the truth because alopecia is an autoimmune condition. And anyone that has heard the term autoimmune knows how random autoimmune conditions are. They can come, they can go, they can develop later in life, you know. So it can be anything from, I don't know, having digestive issues to. you know atopic eczema that flares when you're stressed or when you're in dusty environments or you stroke a cute dog whatever you know it is totally Mm. random so no medical professional should really imply that that you are responsible for that
2: no not at all how did that how did how was that as a teenager kind of already like you know navigating the world and I imagine struggling with puberty how was that like what what impact did that have on you
0: Well, (laughs) it changed the course of my life entirely, which might sound super melodramatic, but... No, not at all. When you're 13, all of a sudden, like I had been best mates with two boys in year seven and it would just been like fun, Laura, and all of a sudden what you looked like mattered. It was almost like that's what your value was suddenly based on and nobody warns you of that. But like hormones start kicking Mm. in and everyone just starts rating each other and all of a sudden... I was already very overweight. I wore glasses. I had eczema. And now on top of all that, I was going bald. Like you literally couldn't have written it. And I just thought, this is shit. Like, and I stopped. Everything stopped. It got so bad because the, the patches started joining up. And I was soon basically rocking an undercut before undercuts were cool. But, you know, really wasn't a trendy undercut. It was like <laughs> I was Gollum. My hair was falling out very significantly. And... um I stopped going to school. I just I actually stopped leaving oh, the house. So oh. it ended up being pretty much all of year nine. I stayed in my house and I sat on an exercise bike all day and I lost a load of weight, which clearly looking back was really not healthy. Um, and don't worry, I've piled it all back on again over the years to get back to my, <laughs> the chubby state I've always meant to be. <laughs> but it's, it's no wonder when I look back and I think that was clearly like, That was to do with that control issue Mm. that I was battling with because I couldn't control my hair loss. But what I could control was, you know, just doing some exercise all day. But no, I literally couldn't leave the house. That's how that's how difficult it was to lose my hair at 13. I felt like I was the only girl in the world that was going bald and that I was an absolute freak of nature. And I hate that I think all those things and I hate that I thought of those things. But that's why I talk about it, because I've spent two decades not talking about it. So in the last three years, now it's like I can't shut up about it.
2: (laughs) Which is great. But teenage you, um, I I imagine, you know, this was the days before we had representation that we now have because of you on social media and people like you. But this was before all of that. So you must have felt very isolated. It's no wonder you felt so alone. And like it was very unheard of, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, this was the era of MSN, (laughs) Um, and so no, there wasn't really emotional support there. And Gail Porter, actually, who is an absolute icon, just generally, let alone because she's a woman with alopecia, Mm. but she lost her hair the year after I lost my hair. So just as I was going back to school at the start of year ten, because I realised I have to go back to school, like there wasn't nothing had changed. I just thought I, I just have to. I can't keep doing this. Um, so something kicked in for the new academic year. So I went back to the hairdresser, shaved what was left of my hair and put a wig on, uh, left that hairdressers and literally did not leave the house without a wig for 17 years from that moment. whoa, 17 years. Wow. And well, <laughs> uh, it was the worst kept secret in the world. But then Gail Porter started being in the news and this term alopecia was suddenly associated with a very well-known figure. But the headlines were awful. The headlines were Gail Porter, once most beautiful woman on the side of oh. Houses of Parliament. It's now going bald, breakdown, homeless, all these awful things they said about oh. her. And it was very yeah. much, it seemed to connect her physical Effectively, deterioration was how they painted her hair loss mm. With her status And it was just... And, and that, that was yeah. all like... That was the only media representation I could see So, unsurprisingly, I was like No, I can't go bald I've got to get a wig That's my only option I don't want people to talk about mm. me like this
1: That's wild Do you know what? I think... <laughs> I've just been slapped in the face of my own privilege there because as soon as you mentioned Gail Porter, I was like, oh yeah, thank God because she came along and made it all all right. I completely forgot that those were those headlines. I, you know, because you know that wasn't my experience, and yeah. Now you've said that, I remember it, and it was such a link to her worth and and that Parliament image and 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 the two yeah. on the front of Mac those I horrible women's well. magazines and stuff. I've got so much respect for you at this point because to be a teenager anyway is shit right and then to have that going through and i think your response to it and hiding away is actually probably a very normal one and i think a lot of other people i assume you know we'll talk about perhaps you know the community of people that you've built but probably would have done the same and so At such a shit time for that to happen. I've got an awful lot of respect for you right now. I love you even more right now. Like you're, you're so, there's so much to go through at such an age. And then to then go back to school in year 10, as you said, and that's a shit time too. Oh God, the
0: hormones were raging by then. And not just other people, (laughs) my hormones were raging. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh crap, how am I ever gonna, you know, I'm going to be the bottom of the barrel. No one's going to fancy me. This is crappy. Um, Yeah. And I had people being like, where were, because I went back to the same school and they were like, where where did you go? Did you have a baby? What happened? I was like, no, I lost a lot of weight. I was stressed. Stuff happened. And it was like, everyone was basically, I think everyone was briefed when I came back for a week wearing hats, went away for a week, got a wig and then came back clearly wearing a wig that I wore down to like my eyebrows because wigs were too big for me. I was 14. Like wigs were not designed for my teeny little head. Mm. So, um, Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, the worst kept secret. And, and it, and it actually now at the grand old age of 32, I can see, I can see it was a plaster. It was a plaster to deal with, to deal with it and get me back out into the world. But it, it just caused me other problems in a way because I didn't feel I had any other choice but to wear a wig and hope to hell no one noticed. Like, but then the, the the fear and the social anxiety of someone saying, "Hey, are you wearing a wig?" became like my new like. It's all I could think about. It was exhausting. It's just it's random, isn't it? These these moments that stick with you in life that might feel like mm-hmm. a complete throwaway conversation for someone else, but actually they stick really deep in your psyche. And for me, it was um, I was at my nan's eightieth when I was maybe seventeen. Uh, by that point. So you'd think, you know, I'd be well-versed now and, and dealing with it, but I was still... And this was a this was a outside in my nan's garden, surrounded by family who I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was the girlfriend of one of like my cousins, and they were all older than me, who was like, sorry, can I just ask? So you're wearing a wig, right? And it just completely threw me. Because it's like mm-hmm. all my family knew, much like everyone else, clearly Laura's yeah. not comfortable. We don't talk about the fact she wears a yep. wig. We just let her get on with it. Which you know, in theory, was a very nice way that they thought they were helping me. But actually, it wasn't preparing me for the real world. It wasn't preparing me for uni. It wasn't preparing me for the fact that people notice things that are different, and they get curious. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I was not emotionally able, scripted, prepared to have that conversation. And my instinct Mm -hmm. was to just run away, fight or flight. Literally, that's how scared I was of someone asking me, because I felt ashamed to be a bald woman
1: oh mate the pressure and so you mentioned uni as well so uni happened and was that was that a lot of hiding away was that not hiding away
0: okay so at uni uh I took a gap year because I freaked out about going to uni even though I got my place but um let's put it this way I lived in halls I requested an en suite because I got my doctor to write me a letter saying she's bald (laughs) okay For an ensuite, so she has privacy. Uh, also, you know, I've always just been bougie. Um, oh, babe, I had an ensuite uni. I'm not doing it any other way. Like, uh, have you
1: seen eighteen year
0: olds? Oh my god, it's grim. Yeah. And no. the kitchens were grim and enough I have
2: to share a bathroom with thirteen people. So you did not. Um, you are Jay, lying. It was disgusting. It made my mum gag when she used to come and visit. You wouldn't think it now because I'm such a pain. Anyway, yeah, lucky
0: you two yeah. That's too <laughs> much Oh, What is the film With Amanda What's her face in she's Channing man? Tatum And it's the football what? one I fell. What I What And fell. she's living In a dorm With Channing Tatum That was my vision Of university But also babe That's the dream Well okay Now you've said that Although yeah I could take or leave Channing Sorry <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're Going to fall out Lauren We thought we were The same person Maybe fine, not
1: No it's fine A lot of people Don't love the Channing But I understand Anyway yeah So I think we were Sharing a room With Channing Tatum Sharing was, a room Was our expectation Yeah
0: Yeah the idea of I just I had my wig on all the time because I I couldn't tell anyone I had my mm. curtains shut half the time because I made friends with a guy from my course who could see me from my window and I could see him from his so I was terrified to take my wig off ever oh, the fire alarm would go off regularly in the night of course it did because there was a twit down my call cool that would spray it and why because that's fun apparently I was always you know ahead of my time not finding that fun at all <laughs> and um I would jump out of bed fight or flight, absolute jump out of bed, bald, probably wearing my bandana because even then I was ashamed and scared just even in case anything happened. I would draw on my eyebrows and put on my wig before I left my room in a fire. Like, seriously, I want to shake that 19-year-old version of me because it's like, this is life or death and you are choosing eyebrows over, (laughs) you know, getting out. Yeah, but I think give yourself some slack though because like... At that age,
2: like you said, it's like you, you do. You just want to conform, don't you? You don't. You don't want to be different. You just want to to fit in and be like everybody else. So, while I, that is in some respect shocking, I, honestly, I think I, I think anyone would have done the same, wouldn't they? In that situation, or a lot of Yeah, and people. I'm.
0: I always say like having hair loss or extreme X more or any kind of visible difference. It's really just an extreme version of so many of the kind of self-confidence issues that so many women are made to feel about whatever it is. You know, we've all got a thing, uh, quotes, that we worry about or wish we could change and secretly agonise over and... I like to think we can all get to a point where we realise, actually, sod this. Like, let's just get in the swimsuit or let's just do that. But I I don't think it's linear. I don't think confidence is linear. Like I said, I still have good days. I still have bad days. And actually, I might be coming to terms now with the fact I'm a bald woman, but add the fact I'm plus size on top of that and see the kind of comments I get on my body when all I'm trying to do is raise alopecia awareness. It blows my mind. It's like, you can be bald, great, but you've got to be thin. Or you can be fat, You've got to be conventionally beautiful in every other way. There is no intersectionality there. Yes. It's like a hierarchy of diversity, and it is exhausting. I just want to be a fat, blotchy, big, bald woman and be happy about it. And people just see that I'm beautiful. Too much to ask. God. God's <laughs> sake. And you are. And you are wonderful.
1: <laughs> but that is true, isn't it? It's is these expectations that are placed and again we, we kind of say but it is true primarily on women to, to be something and like you said you can be this but you mm. can't be this you can do this but you can't do this and you know we keep harking back to the barbie movie because how could you not but it is this impossibility of being a woman like it's so difficult because you can't be all of these things and i just uh I, I, when are we getting to this point when these people who are making these comments mm. don't care or aren't saying this shit or don't think about it and and when are we getting to the point where they're stupid questions the uncomfortableness as a result of these questions are not put onto us but they're put onto them and you know we we die you know we divert around these questions that people or or comments that people make us because we don't want to make them feel bad not make them feel fucking bad like just leave us alone 100 percent agree
0: do you want to hear the stupidest question i've ever had no but yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so picture the scene i'm at a wedding and i'm wearing a wig because I'm wearing a nice dress and you know it's a choice and I feel like well I felt a bit naked without completing my outfit just a choice you know but still I had I talked about my alopecia because now when I wear a wig because I naturally just end up talking about what I do in my spare time and being an alopecia advocate anyway so it's kind of quite a nice segue to just talk about it a girl was getting progressively drunk and or other oh, things at a wedding yeah I shock horror <laughs> anyway she came up to me um it's like And she'd been asking me questions about various things, about wig wearing and all this. And that's fine. And I was like, cool. She's curious. It's great. It's an education moment. And then she says, actually, can I just ask one other question? I was like, sure, go for it. So um, I just wanted to ask, like, because you're not slim, do people look at you when you go out bored and they just they know you don't have cancer because obviously you're not slim?
1: That is wild. Yeah,
0: I know. And I've never had anything quite like that because the amount of... The amount of unconscious bias in that is just like what if i was there and she'd said that
2: to you i honestly would have punched her in the face and i'm not joking <laughs> I, I really do think i would have punched her in the
0: face you know what and i'd probably have clapped <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs>
2: you get to a point then like what was there like a specific turning point for you that kind of made you kind of feel like I'm going to own this I'm not going to wear wigs anymore or like you know when it's my choice when it's a special occasion or whatever was there a big turning point for you that kind of you know has helped you like without sounding cheesy become the woman that you are today and and
0: and, and own it I wish there was a really neat light bulb moment I could reference but realistically it was probably a really gradual journey and I am going to use journey and unconscious because, you know, it'd been 17 years of wearing wigs and refusing to leave my front door without them. In fact, when the postman would knock on the door, I would hide if I didn't have my wig to hand because I couldn't be seen without it. That's how extreme it was. So to get from there to where I am now seems a million miles away. So you'd hope there'd been some kind of, Something, something had happened. But actually the the biggest thing that probably happened was the pandemic and it was lockdown. And you know how everyone basically started wearing less makeup and just kind of like we all we all lent in more to who, who we were and how we presented at home. Again, I just had the extreme version of that. So for 17 years, I'd rolled out of bed, had to shower, cover myself in moisturiser because of my eczema, which is also autoimmune, paint my face on. Put sticky tape on my head, put a wig on. I had open cuts on my head because I was constantly wearing wigs and my eczema was awful on my scalp. Never questioned. I had a choice. I'd literally sometimes have to take a deep breath and be holding back tears from putting a wig on. But again, had no choice. Had to put my wig on each day. When the pandemic hit, I could just whip on and off my wig when I was doing a Zoom meeting. And then gradually I was like, oh, I could probably get away with not putting proper eyebrows on today or. And so slowly but surely I was like, God, this is uh, this is quite refreshing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Terrifying. We were all in lockdown as a global pandemic is happening. So, yeah, it wasn't really my choice. It just happened. And then the more I spent time online, as we all did, and I just discovered all these beautiful people who were rocking their alopecia or showing off their patches or they were talking about their struggles you know and how they were dealing work and and I just suddenly it was like it was like the curtains were drawn back and I realized oh my god of course I'm not the only one like of course I'm not the only one going through this this is a common condition and yet because everyone's been made to feel like it's shameful there are so many of us probably not talking about it or wanting to bring that representation so yeah a combination of not having to paint my face on every day and go out to face the world combined with finding my own representation in my safe little bubble of Instagram was the game changer for me. Do you feel like there needs to be more needs to be done in terms of the representation
2: of people with this visible difference. I asked that because just this morning, actually, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw a lady I follow who's fabulous called Rolling Funky. And she was saying, uh, so she's, uh, she's disabled. And she did a shoot for OK magazine. And she was saying that she felt like when it comes to talks, discussions, and even visual representations of diversity, she says that they normally roll around body size. But she said that people with disabilities and, and visible difference often don't get a look in. And it actually, that is something that I hadn't, again, probably from my sort of privileged position, I hadn't really considered that much. And so I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were about a representation, whether you think we're in a good place, whether you think more needs to
0: be done. I think more can always be done to increase representation. We're never going to be done. Because if you think, like, mainstream media is meant to reflect... What society looks like. And there will always be someone sitting in that audience that doesn't feel represented. And maybe that's because we are also all unique and intersectional. And so I am plus size, I'm bisexual, I've got ADHD, I'm bald, I've got eczema. There might not be someone on screen, for instance, in the Barbie movie, not even close. I loved Barbie, by the way, but I just, I really Mm. wanted to see a visible difference Barbie, not just weird Barbie that had some drawing on her face and therefore was in constant splits up in the middle of nowhere. That's not, that's not what I, the message I want around visible difference. Where was bald bald Barbie? Where Where was was bald Barbie? (laughs) And there's one in five people that self-identify as being visibly different. Just FYI in the UK, like one in five And that's why we know there's more to do and i've put myself forward for real life castings i don't want to be a model i don't want to be an actress but i don't see anyone that looks like me doing it so that's why i force myself out of my comfort zone And I was, you know, in an E45 advert a couple of years ago Or I've walked at London Fashion Week because it flipping scares the bejesus out of me. But I thought I have to do this for 13 year old me. And that is why I keep seeing these opportunities. And I think, could I do that? Probably not, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that is a (laughs) mindset I think we could all you know, that is one thing that I'm learning in my thirties now. That's kind of going to be my motto. <laughs> and it's, and it's you putting yourself in those situations.
1: So as you said, like, you know, can you do it? Maybe not, but you're going to, or you're, you're putting yourself in, in, in situations that perhaps you might not even want to be, or are definitely scary, but because of you, how many women, men, whoever saw you walk, London fashion week and felt inspired and it's sometimes the the strength of being able to put yourself in these circumstances and putting yourself open to the disgusting comments that people can make online and do i think i hope you feel is rewarded with the fact that you are inspiring other 13 year old girls who are going through what you went through but i just Mm. wanted to commend you on that very genuinely because i can't imagine how hard that is but what you're doing is so awesome
0: and i think it's it's having like a fantastic impact on your community thank you and that's really lovely um but yeah i am i'm one person and i can see now and i can see that even in my little corner of the internet i can create positive kind of change in other people's mental health or i mean that sounds extreme but i've had messages basically saying that to me and i have seen that and finding the community helped me start feeling like this so it is just one big like happy Cycle. It's just like passing on to the next generation and like I help out with Alopecia UK's youth voice board, you know, so from the age of 12 up to like 18 really these teenagers that are just already so smart and so articulate and so passionate about wanting to help other people with Alopecia and I just think, oh my God, you're like the next generation. Surely they're going to be fine if if, if these people are in control. (laughs) So I'll be able to retire soon, but maybe before then. I mean, I'd love to be. Can I tell you what I really, really want to be? Yeah. I want to be the bald Alison Hammond. Yes. (laughs) I (laughs) want that for you. Yeah. I can see that. I just want to get to hang out with other people and be that incidental representation on our TV screens. I don't want to have to be telling everyone about my story. I just want it to be, oh, there's a bald woman on our screens. Cool. Over it. Done.
2: Yes. I'd love to know what you would say now to your younger self. Because you have come mm. such a, a long way since, you know, we opened the episode with with that really heartbreaking story, to be honest with you, about, you know, when you were 13 and you started to lose your hair. So if you could go back and speak to, to her, to, to 13-year-old Laura, what, what would you say? I think
0: I'd say don't be on anyone else's timeline. Like, I promise you that this big thing that you feel like is the end of the world for you right now is actually probably going to end up being your biggest strength and lead you to opportunities that you never thought you would do. So lean into being different air quotes Mm. and exploit the hell out of it because you are a voice that people need to hear. For anyone who's listening that has any kind of visible difference or is made to feel that they look or are different, I would say find your community and whether that be online or just opening up to a friend because the most dangerous thing about being made to feel different is when you feel alone and different. Um, And that can make you, like I did, close up, shut down, repress, regress, literally shut the door and not come out. And that's not the answer. And the energy that I exhausted, feeling ashamed of who I was because of how I looked, it was a waste. And now it's like, wow, the freedom that just comes from I've got all this spare energy now that I can put into doing good stuff, you know, and and it is, it's such a relief. So every time I used to be wearing my wig and terrified to tell people, that was an emotional burden. Whereas now, if I go into these conversations with confidence, it's just, it's such a better experience. It's so much easier. And so I think it's that thing of just own the conversation with confidence. You lead the conversation and people can't be awkward or mean back to you. And if they are, you've done your bit and you walk away. That's it. Mm.
2: One last question I wanted to ask you if it's okay is how you wish other people would treat you and talk to you and others with a visible difference. Because I feel like disregarding that woman at the wedding who let's never talk about again, people do often feel like they're really clum they they feel clumsy and they don't know what to say and they don't know what the right thing is. And I, I think sometimes people have good intentions and then they don't always come out like that. But then there are some people that maybe don't have good intentions or are ignorant. Um, So I would love to know what your kind of like, not advice really, because you shouldn't have to give it, but I just do. Are you okay with people asking questions
0: and should they talk about it? Um, Yeah. What's the best way to go about it? So at the start of this chat, I always said, I obviously said at the start of this chat that I wanted to put in the bag of dicks, people staring because there is a difference between staring and looking. So staring, hostile or otherwise, at someone who is visibly different is not the right way to approach it. I would much rather somebody come and chat to me and ask me questions in a, yeah. in a polite way because curiosity is totally natural when you haven't seen something before. I can't believe you've not seen a bald woman before, but if you really have been living in a box and you haven't, fine, come and talk to me. Don't come up to me and say, how's the big C treating you? Because that is something I've had many times. Don't make assumptions. Yep, I literally had a woman swim over to me in a pool on my first ever spa day when I was going bald for the first time. Um, and I felt like I had to let her down. I felt like she was looking for community and I had to let her down and apologise for the fact that it was just oh, gosh, hair loss. Yeah. It's not just hair loss though, is it? Exactly that. So, but the big thing for me is like, think about how you would want your child or your friend's child to react if they saw me in the street or someone with a visible difference. There is nothing mm. worse than the parent or, you know, friend shushing or shushing that child because it mm. makes that child learn. <gasps> We don't talk about that. That person looks different. There's a shame around that. We don't talk about it. We ignore them. We sneak, we secretly look, but we pretend that they're not there. That is the worst thing you can do because someone might look different, but they are a human being and they exist. And you're, you're not allowing me to have that interaction with the child or the person, which would be, I would smile and interact um, and if that person doesn't feel comfortable to talk about their alopecia or their visible difference, you will soon know because they will tell you or they will leave the situation. But that that interaction, that kind of coming with kindness and saying, hi, do you mind if my daughter asks you a question? She was curious because she noticed you don't have hair. That's totally fine, because if I'm going out bold, it's probably telling you I'm in a position where I appreciate I am not the air quotes norm and people might want to ask me questions. Don't get me wrong. Some days I'd love to just buy the milk and not have to be the education moment for someone. (laughs) But I would much rather that than, you know, a kid being taught by tugging on their mum's arm and saying, "Shh, don't, don't stare. That's rude. Like that. I don't want to feel shame and I don't want your child to feel shame. So that is the biggest thing. And it is about intention, Laura. You're spot on because... You know, terminology around the disabled community or visible difference. We're all scared of getting it wrong when we've not directly had that experience. But like I said, I am not the voice for all people with alopecia or hair loss. And that woman you see in the street or guy in the street who's bald might be going through cancer treatment. It's just about not making assumptions constantly. Just be a decent human. It really is that simple. (laughs) Like people know when you're being decent and when you're just curious and when you want to broaden your mind and your understanding. But I would say maybe to stop being so shocked by any difference you see on the street, use the spaces that you do have, like social media, to actively curate diversity in your own feed, because that is a space where you do have power to learn and understand other people's perspectives. So you don't have to interrogate every person you see in the street if, you know, it's not the right time for them. I also wonder whether people are quite can be quite patronising sometimes as well. Or, like, think
2: not think lesser of you, but almost like infantilize or kind of like, oh, poor you. That is,
0: Does that happen? Yeah, the assumptions are real. And, you know, I talked about doing London Fashion Week. That was a proper show. That was a proper show for a designer. I was getting my nails done the night before and the salon owner, when I mentioned it, or well, she overheard me talking to the lady that was doing my nails. And she went, oh, oh, you're doing a fashion show. Um, is that a charity fashion show then? So just like the assumption that I'm not oh, a real model Christy. or I couldn't possibly be doing some kind of commercial venture. It would have to be a free charity thing. And I was like, no, it's at the Kurt Geiger showroom for a fashion designer. Thank you. <laughs> like, and for you. yeah, it is just like, yeah, you can't take everything to heart. And that is something I need to work on. I'm a woman with ADHD. I have rejection sensitivity, but I I know the people that mean well and others and I am, I am prepared to be proven wrong as well. Though I have people stare at me sometimes and then I've... Already in my head, decided like on the tube. Oh, they're looking, or they they they're going to ask me something really annoying. And actually, then they might be like, "Oh, can you tell me the time, please?" You know. And then I'm like, "Oh, egg on my face." (laughs) They're just so. (laughs) While I'm demanding that people don't make assumptions about me, the one thing I'm trying to do is really teach myself. I can't read other people's minds, and it's also not Mm. my business. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you choose not to tell me, that's Mm. fine. I just need to, again, it's that energy. I need to not be wasting my energy worrying about what you've got to say. If you want to come up to me adult to adult and ask me a sensible question because you genuinely are curious and you want to learn more about my experience as a fellow human, let's have a chat.
1: Gosh, I just, that's so, it's all like so inspiring and such an interesting point you made there about how we teach children and younger people about that and not be like don't look don't look don't say anything because we I think we've all probably I you know I've had that done to me and I've probably done that to someone without mm. really thinking about it but actually maybe to ask questions or okay I don't know but how about we go and look at that on the way home and like you said we have got the power of social media now and use that harness that for good feel your timelines with people who don't look like you so you could find out more about other people how interesting is that and educate yourself to educate other people and so we can all we want to do all anybody wants to do is live in a world where they feel safe respected feel you know seen heard and the way that we do that is by all putting in a bit more effort and asking the right questions or not asking the wrong questions and finding out a little bit more. And yeah, your perspective, Laura, has been so interesting. I have learned so much. Yeah, Things I hadn't
0: thought about,
1: I think. And, and yeah, I've really genuinely, I've so enjoyed this. Thank you
0: so much for coming on. You've been an amazing guest. No, thank you. That's lovely. And can I shamelessly shout out, you might cut this up, but I'm hoping you won't, um, Changing Faces as a charity. I do campaign with them because I've mentioned Alopecia UK. If you've got specific questions around living with alopecia, but Changing Faces UK are the leading charity around supporting anyone living or loving someone with a visible difference. So actually, examples and tips on how to speak to children, for example, or going into the workplace, they they have all the resources you need there. So while well, it's great that you've listened to me, do also check the expert advice, you know, and there's there's some great resources there on Changing Faces. <laughs>
1: We just had such a nice time recording with Laura. She's so interesting, so, like, really inspiring, but so, I just, I just, her vibes are perfection. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Like, she's a really...
2: She's just good people, isn't she? Yeah, and I want to hang out with her. (laughs) Yeah, I want to be best friends with her, Laura, Laura, and Lauren. We should do a day trip.
1: Yes, (laughs) I love this. So before we go,
2: there are some posts from the Facebook group that we really wanted to share with you. So one of our lovely listeners has said, "Finally made it on a summer holiday abroad after eight years. I didn't end up needing it, but I asked for a seatbelt extender." I splashed I played mermaids And I lived my best life With my nearly six year old Making memories of a lifetime I packed the bikinis And the very low cut swimsuits Live your life Little eyes are watching me And I sure as hell Want to make sure she knows She is worthy No matter what she looks like physically Live your life It goes by too quick Oh what a beautiful message Thank you so much for sharing oh. that I love that and I, I just think I just want to touch upon the um, seatbelt extender thing as well, because I know what a big deal that is to have to ask some mm. someone for one. And just even just the thought of having to ask someone, it can be really daunting because like we have heard horror stories, but... If you, I think there are ways of doing it, and we've spoken about it before on the podcast. But if you ask as soon as you board, um, and it's just not a big deal. It's just a safety thing, and I used to cover it with a scarf. And now I get on, I literally say to the first person that I see, "Can I have a seatbelt extender, please?" Sometimes I need it, and sometimes I don't. The thing with that seatbelt is we—they're uh, just so inconsistent and we also found out didn't we Lauren that they sometimes shave them off you know when they get frayed they just cut them yeah they just cut them my friend who flew recently uh, for the first time in a while since having her baby she's a size 14 16 and she said it just fit her and I I just think it's crazy but like I said Really, really proud of you for asking for the seatbelt ascender because I, I know that can be a bit scary, but your safety comes first. Well done for that. I know it was probably a
1: big thing. 100%. 100%. And just on summers, I also wanted to say, I don't know if you saw this post recently from um, Felicity Hayward, who we've had on the, the podcast before season two. She had this fantastic post this morning and the, and the video was of her like showering on a beach or something like that. And the caption was so perfect. And I just want to share it here. And she said, if you're lucky, you might have 80 summers to enjoy on this earth. Don't waste a single moment of that sunshine worrying about what other people think of your body. Live exactly how you want to. And I was like, if you put it in those time constraints, how great is that? And, you know, right now we're, we're you know, we've come to the end of summer. And I know that there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast and this episode who, are still struggling to, to to feel body confidence or to to wear a swimsuit on the beach or whatever, and that's absolutely fine. But if you want to do those things then perhaps let's work up to next summer. Another story from our Facebook group, which is just so wonderful. So another lovely listener said, just a little note to say thank you to this community. I'm running my first half marathon next month and I just got my vest in the post that I picked the size of. It's far too tight for me to be comfortable and to run 13.1 miles in. Me in the past would have beaten myself up about it and just accepted that I would wear something else on the day. But today I understand it's not an issue. I emailed the charity and they're sending me a larger vest, no problems at all
2: for yourself yes again it can be so hard to do and so difficult to do so yeah without sounding condescending i hope uh really proud of you well done that's a really 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 big thing as he's running
1: half a marathon as he's running any length of time but half a marathon girl you're smashing it i love it
2: we also wanted to do a shout out to the go love yourself sorry girls who went out for a lovely pub dinner where was our invite joking um <laughs> And you posted about it on the Facebook group recently, which Laura and I both saw and love. So I hope you had a lovely time and please do invite us next time. Thanks.
1: Absolutely. And also, if you ever guys, if you do ever do meetups, please post about it. Please tag Laura and I in because it, like it makes my day knowing that we could. Well, I've talked about it a million times, but knowing that we could bring friendships together through this podcast is just the most Oh, it's just the most wonderful thing. And I just love it so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Really hope you enjoyed it. We
2: will be back next week, of course. But if you want more of us in the meantime, make sure you follow our Instagram. The handle is at go love Yourself Pod, And join our Facebook group. You just search for Go Love Yourself community. Or if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email go love at crowdnetwork.co.uk.
1: And you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for one pound a week or you can listen ad free on amazon music oh thank you so much for listening we've loved this episode and we'll see you later bye crowd network a place where you belong